I am such a visual person and I wanted to take you on a journey this Sabbath morning, a journey to the Holy Land. And I wanted to, to put a piece here and a piece there and put the whole puzzle assembled together to show you what a wonderful plan we have. What a wonderful plan. And that plan is the sanctuary. I'm going to be preaching on the sanctuary message. It is the platform of complete truth, Ellen White has said. The complete foundation of truth. Amen? Amen. And it is all Jesus himself. We are that tabernacle sanctuary. That tabernacle is in heaven, the, the literal temple in heaven, which is the Garden of Eden right now, right? It's going to be restored and it's going to come down. We know in, in Revelation chapter 21, it is that holy city in the New Jerusalem that comes down. And at, after the millennium, we, we could piece that together, Revelation chapter 20 and Revelation chapter 21, and see that after the millennium, God restores his kingdom on earth. Amen? I'm looking for that day. I would like to take you on a journey. Will you come with me? Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you so much for giving us your word. Your words are light. Father, I pray that you will speak through me. You would speak to me. You'd speak to everyone here. Lord, use me. Lord, I come to your cross right now and I see the, the ultimate sacrifice of your son so that we might have life when he took our death. Father, may this gospel, this good news radiate from my lips. In Jesus' name, amen. The sanctuary is the full gospel, the full gospel. It's not just the cross, it's much more, amen? In fact, when I read, um, that was, what was read was Romans chapter three, but let's go to Romans chapter five. Paul, who is an expert of the sanctuary message, put these words together, and when I read them, I see the connected dots of the courtyard, the holy place, and the most holy place. Let's see if you, you see them too when I read these words. Um, I'm gonna even read, um, start, uh, Romans 5, 1. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have what with God? We have peace, we have shalom. The Hebrew word for peace, shalom. There's so much in that word. We have peace. How do we have peace? Being justified by, by Jesus, by faith. We, we claim that through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith unto this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Verse 6. For when we were yet without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one, uh, will one die, yet peradventure for a good man some would even dare to die. 
but God commendeth. Another word used here is demonstrates. Demonstrates his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Amen? He died in our place. Much more than than being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. And not only so, but also joy in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom we now have received, what's the word you see in your Bible? Reconciliation? In King James, it's the atonement, at one mint. He has brought us together with God the Father through our Lord Jesus Christ, restoring us. So the word, and I know that I've preached on the sanctuary before in the past, but it's easy to forget. And I know that we, as Adventists, are experts in the, in, and we need to be going and progressing in the sanctuary message to know and, and, and continue to eat the wonderful words and put it together. Oh, oh wow, this is a miracle. Praise God, <laughs> this is a miracle. Thank you, thank you, uh, Jim, and everyone else uh, who, who helped me. Uh, a lot of prayer. So, I, do I have the, I guess, someone will have to control the clicker for me, I guess. Um, so, do you see the sanctuary message in, in this, this text? Romans chapter 5, 6 through 11. Do you see the sanctuary? I like to see that it is, there's, oh, thank you so much. Thank you. Appreciate it. Wow. I, I'll give you a hand of applause. I was, this is an answer prayer. Thank you so much. Um, I'll go back. The sanctuary cross. Um, today, I just want to connect the dots, put together the, the, the puzzle, if you will, of the wonderful s- message of, of salvation on the cross, but it's the much more that Paul writes. He wants to take us through the, the temple, the sanctuary temple. From the courtyard, do you see that? He, the courtyard is where he died. It's the, it's the earth. The holy place, the most holy place represents heaven, where he is interceding as our high priest. And you can see this when, when Paul uses the words much more, much more, because we we're justified, we, we, can, we have access. We could go because he has reconciled us. And I want to talk about that reconciliation. Moreover, I want to talk about that mercy seat at the Ark of the Covenant. So would you like to go on a journey to, to kind of uh, see a little bit of, of something that I'm kind of wrestling with? All right, I hear, I hear one, one person. Anyone else? Are you guys, come on, we got we to be revived by the Holy Spirit. This is amazing stuff right here. And I'll tell you what, there, there are a few times that when I'm studying, it's like I am like overwhelmed with the Spirit and I start crying because it is amazing. This is some deep stuff. And um, my, my, I send you greetings from my family who are not here. Uh, we're... We were kind of going, taking the kids to uh, some of the, the youth and the, the young adult um, programs at the Academy Church. And on 
I, I praise God right now that my daughter Gianna is preparing for baptism. She's going to be baptized next week at Sunset Lake. She's planning that. So just like to share that. So greetings from the Thomas family. I know you haven't seen us here, but we've, I've been going here and there and everywhere, uh, been going to the Academy Church. It's closer to my house. You guys are still my church family, so don't feel like I'm a deserter. Like, oh, you don't, don't come, and then, oh, you just come, and you happen to preach. <laughs> no, it's such a privilege to be able to preach to you. And uh, when I'm preaching, I am preaching to myself. So let's go to the sanctuary. Um, how devastating is this situation that we see in this picture? Have you ever been there as parents? Maybe the kids will take the keys and they'll like try to flush it down the toilet. I've had that experience. Oh boy. Luckily I got to retrieve them. But that is, that really, I mean that happened on more than one occasion. But I like to talk about this one situation where this toddler by the name of Brandon Green, who is 14 months old, his mom happened to leave him, and this happened in the UK, in the car with the keys. Why would you do that? And she thought it would be so, so quick because she's going to go in the store and then get something and then come right back. And, and so he locked himself with the keys in the car and then he's having a jolly out time. Can you see his, his little smile? And he's in the driver's seat on the right side of the car in England. And the rescue, the rescue workers are trying to keep him entertained, you know, while he, to make sure he doesn't do anything dangerous. So they can save, ultimately save this kid's life, too. Uh, they did rescue him. But, in the, but just imagine with me. Take this, this scenario in. This toddler locked in a car with the keys. This is a great parallel of the children of Israel. God is giving them the keys to his kingdom. And remember what Jesus said in Matthew 16, 13 through 19. He, he, he asked the disciples, uh, Caesarea Philippi, he, he asked them, who do, you, who do men say that I am? And what is Peter's answer? Yeah, so that some people say this, some people say that, but you are the son of God who has come down. And he says, flesh and bone has not helped you. It's, the, it's God who has shown you this revelation. And, upon, and, and I will build my house upon the rock. We are those building rocks, not just Peter. But you know what? The rock that he's building that church is this confession of faith. It is this confession that you are the son of God. The revelation of Jesus is that rock. God builds his, his, so he gives, un, and then he says, I give unto you the keys of the kingdom. So Jesus un, completely brings out the, the revelation of what that sanctuary represents, the Mishkan in, in the Hebrew. I'm not, I'm not going to go, I'm, I'm going to go deep, but I'm, I'm hoping that I, go, I don't go so deep that I, I lose you. So can you, can you make a little promise with me? If I go a little bit too off, if I put so much in this, it's overwhelming, can you just talk to me or pray for me uh, and say, hey, I'm a little confused about this. This did not make sense. Or I don't see this, this truth in the scripture because it's got to be truth, biblical truth. Amen? 
And, and if you want some, some uh, maybe you want to study it out even further, please take me on that journey with you. But I want it to be clear at the end. So if, if it doesn't make sense, please talk to me after church. I could, st- I could spend the whole time in study. This is the Sabbath day. Let's spend the time in his word. So I, I think it's interesting here, this, this uh, person that put the art of this Hebrew, um, that with, with the Star of David, and you see the, breastpot, uh, the breastplate of the high priest, which is the, the 12 stones on top, right? Right? I guess I don't have the pointer working. Anyway. Um, but notice what's on top there. The whole altar is what? Okay, the, the, down below is the seven candlesticks, which is the menorah. And then uh, about, and the, the Hebrew letters are the mishkan. And then above that is the mercy seat, which is the Ark of the Covenant, right? Take, it, take that design a little bit. It looks, looks like a triangle, doesn't it? This will be interesting. It's, this will unfold a little bit more as we progress in our study. So we have the six furniture of the, the whole tabernacle itself in the wilderness. We have the two in the bottom, which is the altar of sacrifice, which is what kind of metal? Just a, a review for, of sorts for those that, that know. It is the altar of bronze, bronze or brass altar. And same with, um, it says copper, um, basin, which is a labor. And that, both of those were in the courtyard, which represents heaven, which represents the cross and baptism, the water, the washing of water, that Jesus made a way. And that's where I really want to spend time. I want to talk about the cross and connect the cross, that all of this, all of the furniture represents Jesus, the Father, and the Holy Spirit saving us sinners to bring us to restore us the key word is restore sanctuary message the if i could use one word it would be restoration and then the holy place would have the three the the menorah the altar of incense the table of showbread i don't need to spend too much time on on those i want to spend more time on the ark of the testimony the ark of the covenant all of it all of the, the 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 top four were made with what type of metal Gold, right? Uh, and then some of them were, were, um, were covered gold, uh, uh, covering the shittim wood, which was the acacia wood, okay? We're going to go into the acacia study of the, of the Ark of the Covenant. And then there's the mercy seat, the Shekinah glory, the, the two cherubim that covered, and, and, and the Ark of the Covenant what, had like, like a storage, like a treasure chest of three items, Someone want to volunteer to, to remember what they are? Aaron Rod that, that budded. Potted manna. And the Ten Commandments. Amen. So, um, we'll continue. Um, and the, I could share this slide with, uh, we, I don't want to spend too much time on it, but I, I like the threefold message of the courtyard, the holy place, and the most holy place with uh, Jesus connecting us to the Father. It's, it's how he, he, the whole process of salvation. He came to this world, the courtyard. He lived a perfect life. He came from the Father. He is the Word who was with God, who is God, who came from the Shekinah glory, who is the Shekinah glory. He came all the way to us and lived a perfect life. He, 
he, uh, he gave, and, and the Gospel of John, and the whole Gospel, it, it unfolds. It's like, it's like the writer of, of the Gospel of John, John, is so filled with the Holy Spirit that he's connecting uh, the sanctuary motif of John chapter 1 all the way to John chapter 22. Do you notice that there's 22? Wow. There's so much in this. I can go too deep. I, I don't want to go too deep. But Revelation, uh, there's 22 chapters. It, there's like a chapter for each Hebrew letter. Uh, there, there's so much deep stuff in here. Um, I don't want to bog down with too much details. But uh, there's stuff that needs to be studied out. Okay? So he's writing from, um, I'll even, uh, I'll bring this out. Um, the altar of sacrifice. Um, Jesus said, as Moses lifted up the bronze, bronze serpent in the wilderness, and look, look and live. Behold, you know, the, the one who's going to be lifted up and will draw all men unto me. And then you have the, the John 3.16 verse. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. That's John 3. And then uh, John chapter uh, 2, he's cleansing the, the, the temple itself. He says, you have made my father's house a den of thieves. And he cleanses them, right? He, he eradicates them with his right, righteous anger. Uh, and it's kind of hard to think that he had anger, right? But it's righteous. He hates sin. He loves the sinner. The temple needs to be cleansed. He, and how many times did he do that on earth? Twice. So then chapter 2, there is the, the wedding of Cana, which is the turning the water to wine or grape juice. Uh, then we have, see, even you could see some of these, uh, the baptism. Um, and then the table of showbread, the, the feeding, he is the, that bread that came from heaven, John chapter 5 and John chapter 6. The feeding of the 5,000, John chapter 5. The, the menorah is when Jesus said, in, in John chapter 8, he said, I am the light of the world. Amen? So, so all this is John, and then altar of incense is his intercessory prayer for us, for all those that believe in John chapter 17. He, his heart of intercessory prayer. He is the way, the truth, and the life. That's, that's the threefold message, the courtyard, the holy place, the most holy place, the, the Son, the Holy Spirit connecting to the, to the Father, then the Ark of the Covenant. Let's go and that's, that's the whole bulk of my message right now, is connecting the Ark of the Covenant with the cross. Uh, that is amazing. So let's, let's progress. So yeah, so John chapter 1 verse 14 is, John uses that key word, when the word took on flesh, and tabernacled with his people, with us. Amen. Oh, okay. So let's, let's go ahead and, and uh, piece together uh, how John brings out this uh, uh, Ark of the Covenant message with um, the, the cross. Matthew 7, or, sorry, Matthew 27, 51 says there was a great earthquake. The rocks were rent. Uh, and above the cutouts near the garden tomb is a large crack in the escarpment and extends up the face behind the point where Christ was crucified. 
Um, so I've studied this a little bit. So I, I, do, have, um, I do have theories. I'm not going to say that it has to be this way. But uh, as far as the location, the geography of where Jesus was crucified, but if I were to take that, um, I'm going to go forward a little bit, that, uh, that the tomb in John 19.41, the garden tomb, says that it was a location near the place of the skull where he was crucified. And that skull that you see there, so it would be right in the middle is where the location of his crucifixion was. And this is what it would have looked like way back in the t time. Um, well, obviously not exactly. But the reason why the, they would pick this location is because it was where travelers would pass by and look at those that were crucified. And this is the north of the city, outside the city walls. And you could see the, the, the place of the skull, how it looks like a skull, right? With those those indentations and then the, the cavity, the nose cavity and the mouth. Do you see that? Golgotha. Golgotha represents a Hebrew word for skull. Calvary for the Greek. Okay. So let's go back. The rocks were rent. So this, you could see the cracks behind, you know, the, the wall there. And uh, the, the, actually, if I have another text that I meant to have in here, I might have deleted it. Oh. Okay, well, uh, in the scripture, uh, Matthew 27, 51, there was the earthquake, right? And what else happened with the earthquake? There was an amazing earthquake. The bodies came out, right? And then there was a resurrection of those, ultimately, that, came, that went into the temple to show themselves as the wave sheep. They were the first fruits of the resurrection, that went, and they would do that. They would go to the temple and wave their wave sheet, the first of their harvest, as, praise you, Lord. This was the fulfillment of that. So, on April 3, 33 AD, I, I, I don't want to say that that's a definite, but this quote set, puts that date, it's quite interesting, April 3, 30, 33, the Lord Jesus exclaimed the words, it is finished. As he died on the cross, immediately the curtain of the sanctuary of the temple was torn. A great earthquake occurred, rocks were broken, and many dead saints were resurrected from their tombs. Matthew 27, 51 through 54. The earthquake upon the death of Christ called attention to the great salvation that had been accomplished that day on the cross. The barrier between God and man was not was not removed by the earthquake tearing the temple's veil, but by his son being offered as the Lamb of God for the sin of the world. John 1.29 The centurion and his soldiers who were given the task of crucifying the Lord Jesus saw the sky grow dark at what time? Noon. It, the Bible says from the, the sixth hour to the ninth hour, from 12 to 3 p.m. Uh, followed by the earthquake as Christ died at what time? 3 p.m. They recognized that Jesus was indeed the Son of God. Let's back up. Does history back this up? Are you interested in this? I think this, this matters. 202, year uh, 32, 33, somewhere in that time, an eclipse of the sun happened, greater and more excellent than any that had happened before it. As the sixth hour, wow, complete parallel with the Bible, day turned into dark night. 
so that the stars were seen in the sky, and an earthquake in Bithynia toppled many buildings of the city of Nicaea. Uh, Nicaea, in the, I'm sure it's uh, in, in Greece, really, or near Greece. These things are according to the aforementioned Phlegon from Chronicle Olympiad 202. They kept the Olympic Games going every four years, and so this happened. What's very interesting about this is that how can the eclipse of the sun be with the moon? When, during Passover, the moon would be the complete opposite side of the sun. During Passover would be a full moon. So, explain that. Um, did I miss a slide? No. Sorry, it's not perfect. I'm not perfect. Um, but I know the one who is. Um, so, uh, I don't want to go into this because I'm not an expert on this, but I'm just studying it out that there's the blood moons that represent things. And right in the middle, uh, you have the Passover, the tabernacles, they're saying 32, 33, around that era. Um, there happened a total solar eclipse. But was it something to do with uh, Saturn or um, Venus getting in the way? I don't know. Let's, let's study that. It doesn't ha we don't have to know that. But it's quite interesting that the, the planetary alignment in April, April 3, 33 AD had this alignment of the planets, where it almost looked aligned like the cross, a figure on the cross. Huh, interesting. So um, I like to uh, share a theory that those of you who, who may know Ron Wyatt, if, if you've heard that name, please raise your hands. Okay, a few. How many of you don't know about Ron Wyatt? Please, r raise it up high. I want to see. Okay. I want you to know when I'm preaching, I'm not preaching Ron Wyatt. I want to preach Jesus, okay? Um, but I, I happen to believe that this guy um, really was a devoted disciple, uh, a humble man. He was not uh, an expert. And when I went to seminary, I stood up for this in the archaeology classes. I said, what about this? What about his discovery? What about this? Wow, there's so much. And they, you know, they would be a little more negative than I thought. So, no, he's not a professional. He's not an expert. He didn't go through the schools. Well, what about Jesus? Jesus was an expert. He didn't go through the schools. Amen? He was taught by the Holy Spirit in his mother's lap with the scrolls open, and he understood so much deep stuff. Anyway, I'm not going to compare him to, to Jesus. That's not my goal. But uh, he has been attributed with, with the discovery of the Sodom and Gomorrah site, uh, Noah's Ark, um, tremendous God's treasures, the, the, the sea, the, the location of the Sea of Aqaba that opened up, and the, the chariots of the Egyptians in, in the, the Sea of Aqaba, uh, with bones even. Uh, the location of the true Mount Sinai and Mount, um, oh, there's so much. And then, then the location of the cross, okay? So here he, he found, this is the, the Calvary escarpment. And he found little indentations there, the three, three of them, where they could put signs, the Romans could put signs to, to announce the criminals that were being crucified. So the people that would walk by would wag their heads and they would be warned not to follow their crimes. 
So in this, um, he was given, he was given uh, permission by the Jewish antiquities and archaeology uh, people to, that he, he was able to dig this. He actually just wanted to clean this area because it was, there was so many uh, horrible garbage thing, uh, bones and just a bunch of stuff that needed to be cleaned out. So he was given that permission. Uh, one of the reasons, and it's almost like supernatural, it's a little, a little too hard to believe, but do you believe in miracles happen? So uh, he was walking with the Jewish antiquities expert uh, of Israel near this location. And um, this is based on his testimony. I wasn't there to prove it, but he says that when he was talking, ultimately his hand went up in the air to this area. And he said, uh, this is the location of Jeremiah's grotto, um, Zedekiah's caves. And the location underneath is where the Ark of the Covenant is buried. And the guy is like, wow, oh, that's outstanding. I'll give you permission to do that. Like, okay, wow. So green light. And so he was able to do all this. And in this, he, he was able to find a location of uh, a squarish hole that, and a plug, a rock, uh, like a square or, or a rectangle. That, if I had a pointer working, you could see, yeah, the, where the arrows are pointing right there in the, main, the middle one. And then a crack right there was caused by that earthquake from the walls, I mean, from the, the mountain that you saw earlier that, that cracked all the way down to this bedrock area. So what happened? What was the purpose of that earthquake? There was so much. Um, and we'll know. We'll know definitely when we're in heaven, amen? We'll, we'll know the, the definite truths. But this, could it, could it be? Could it be? So uh, the location fits and aligns with the garden tomb, which is quite interesting because uh, it's, it's so peaceful there. Have any of you been to the Holy Land? Wow. So you, you, you could be up here and, and share stuff because I haven't been there. Um, but it's, it looks so serene. Uh, the, the tombstone there, that's not there has been rolled away by the angel. I love how Ellen White even describes how... Uh, the, the angel, he came down as lightning, picked up that stone as if it were a pebble, and tossed it aside. I, I, obviously, um, it's on Mount Nebo right now. Uh, there's been tests that have been done that say that the, the kind of the sediment or the stuff is a complete exact match. Mount Nebo is where Moses died and was resurrected. Amen. So there's like a little interesting connection. It's the right dimension for that little area right there where, the, where a stone could be. It's the perfect dimension. So that's interesting. But you want to hear or see? That's why I'm so thankful, those that worked on, the, on getting the slides working. I'm so thankful that I can be able to share this with you. Because I like to see. I'm a visual person. There at the garden tomb, have you, did you see this? When you, were there, when you were there, did you see the iron seal that has been broken? Wow. That's, that is definite. They sealed it just like that with the iron seal, and it was broken. Praise God. He is alive. He is no, not there. He is risen. So I thought it would be interesting there. So now let's talk about the location of where Jesus um, was crucified. 
we know Mount Moriah is the location, right? Because uh, Genesis chapter 2 is the same location where um, he offered up his son Isaac. And he, to name it uh, Moriah, but also on it the, the Lord will provide, or he will provide. And there are three mountains, Mount Zion, Mount Moriah, and Mount of Olives. We know second coming, uh, he's coming from the east, and he's going to land on the Mount of Olives. Uh, not second coming, uh, after the millennium. He's going to flatten it, and the, the new, new Jerusalem is going to sit there on Mount Zion and Mount Moriah. And Mount Moriah. So all of it. So it's quite fascinating. Do you see a letter with this image? Use your imagination. Yes, you see that. That's what I see too. I see a W with the valleys, right? The valleys. Um, I'll go back to that. Oh, maybe I, I took out one of the slides. Oh, I did. Uh, so what it is, it's the Hebrew letter Shin, okay? The Hebrew letter Shin represents, and there's a word association with every, every letter. It's very fascinating. The, the, the letter Shin represents to destroy or consume. It looks like teeth, two fangs coming down, to chew food or, or destroy. And, and everything is, is just so profound and deep. But it represents uh, God's name. El Shaddai, the sh sound is, is the, the shin, okay? So God places his city where he places his name, El Shaddai. So right there. So when they, when they would, um, when the priests would, would share their blessing, the priestly Aaronic blessing, they would, they would hold up their hands like that. Does that ring a bell for any of you in pop culture? with maybe Star Trek, Star Trek, uh, Leonard Nimoy uh, was Jewish. And so what he did was to, the, the phrase, to live long and prosper, was taken from this. It's fascinating stuff. Now, let's go a little deeper here. Oh, man, I, I'm getting, I, I'm really excited about this. Okay. So, there's so much in this. Let's see if I have any more slides that associated with this. Okay, one of the reasons why would they have it as such as that? Well, look at that hand. Do you see the hand, the right hand in that rock formation? That is near the, the location that Ron found. Uh, other people have too. So he's not just the, the first pioneer. Moses was there. The <laughs> um, so this is the rock of Horeb. Is believed to be the Rock of Horeb, where waters flowed out, and it represented Christ, who would be consumed, who would be cut off on the cross, and from his side poured water and blood to give to give us justification and reconciliation. Amen. So, so think about this: the the Aaronic priesthood took this, it was a split rock, so it was like this. And then when it was consumed, when it, when it was just with, pressed with the, or hit with the, the, the rod of Aaron, it split. So that's why, one of the reasons why that would, they would do that. Okay? Now, think about that triangle, though. Have you heard of the Illuminati? 
Of course, there's conspiracy theories out there. But a lot of the symbols is they'll take the triangle and, and they'll say it's a profane symbol. How about God had it first? Could it represent him, the Trinity? Equal distance, three and one? How, is there anything that ties with the Ark of the Covenant with that? And I like to say it does. That's my theory. I'm wrestling with it. Oh, here. Uh, a Hebrew letter Shin. Okay, let me read this really quick. Do we, how are we doing on time? You guys, time is not an issue, okay? Don't, freak, don't think about time. This is exciting stuff. The evidence of another biblical miracle is still standing in Saudi Arabia today. The Bible says, at the Lord's command, Moses smote the rock in Horeb, and fresh water poured forth, supplying the Hebrews. And this, is, this happened before Mount Sinai. So it became a huge waterbed for them in that experience. Um, and for uh, two years, they uh, encamped there. They were given this, this water. The, this rock shows evidence of erosion, forces uh, from massive amounts of water originating inside the split down the middle, despite being uh, situated in one of the, the world's driest deserts. Erosion uh, channels, uh, let's see, something uh, says, uh, run, run out through the plain where the Hebrews would have been encamped, which is precisely what would expect in the description of Exodus chapter uh, 17, verses 1 through 7. Okay? So you have in your Bible, it happened. We'll, we'll accept it by faith. We don't have to see the literal locations to believe it. We'll accept it by faith. Amen? You with me? So um, the, I don't want to go too much into uh, looking at the biblical design for time, time's sake. But Exodus 25, 10 through 22 says that the acacia wood from the Shittim wood, are the Shittim wood from the acacia tree, that the trees that grew in the wilderness there. It's quite fascinating. You know what they look like? They look like that. That's, that's pretty much the same thing that the soldiers would use to make the crown of thorns. What, what kind of crown does Jesus give us in heaven? A crown of gold. Thorns. He took the crown of thorns so that we might have the golden crown. That is grace. So I like that that connects the Ark of the Covenant there um, with that because it's a complete symbol. The, the mercy seat is made of complete solid gold, though. Um, and it was taken off just like this. Okay, wow, look at the design. Why do I have that design? Because that is what Ron Wyatt witnessed when he went into this cave 20 feet below where this cross plug was. And he found three plugs, one in the middle, two on the sides. There's so much uh, I could go. I have a video on this. Uh, if any of you want to see a video, uh, you can look at, there, there's a tremendous work done by ARC Files uh, on YouTube. You could, you could search ARC Files on YouTube and watch this. It's very fascinating, well produced, okay? So if if I could repeat that at the end. They, they took, and obviously inside were the three items. The staves were gold, but, uh, I mean, uh, wood, but covered with gold, and four. Um, and I, I already, we, that was read as, as w verse 25, though. 
or 24 and 25. Being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God hath set forth to be, what is that word? It's a, it's a hard word to say, isn't it? Propitiation, a substitute through faith in his blood to declare his righteousness for the remission of sins that are passed through the forbearance of God. To declare, I say at this time, his righteousness, that he might be just and the justifier of him which believeth in Jesus. Propitiation. Um, hilarion in the Greek. It's, it's the word for mercy seat. Okay? And that mercy seat is uh, what Ron found to have the blood of Jesus on. How many chromosomes uh, are in our blood, or in our DNA? How many? Okay, so uh, Ron Wyatt found that there are that, that Jesus, there was 24, 23 from his human uh, human mother. He got all the DNA characteristics from her, and then just one, which is the XY, to make him male. It's a little too hard to believe, but wow, this actually fits the scenario. It's the, and I don't just accept it, but, you know, something process, something to, to think about. But um, this connects with history, because 2 Maccabees 2, 4 through 8 says, it, and this is uh, non-canonical, this is uh, not in the Bible, but in the old King James, the old authorized King James, this was part of that canon, okay? Let me read it. It was also in the writing that the prophet, the prophet Jeremiah, are you guys interested in this? Okay, I'll continue, even if you're not. Uh, It was also in the writing that the prophet, having received an oracle, ordered that the tent and the ark should follow with him, and that he went out to the mountain where Moses had gone up and had seen the inheritance of God. And Jeremiah came and found a cave, and he brought there the tent and the ark and the altar of incense, and he sealed up the entrance. Some of those who followed him came up to mark the way, but he could not find it. Uh, when Jeremiah learned of it, he rebuked them and declared, The place shall be unknown until God gathers his people together again and shows his mercy. And then the Lord will disclose these things, and the glory of the Lord and the cloud will appear as they were shown in the case of Moses. And as Solomon asked that the place should be especially consecrated. This on the right is a, a cherubim with like the man's head, wings of an uh, eagle, lion's body, and, and the ox. So it represented the four creatures around the God's throne. You know what's interesting about the, the, the sanctuary cross is that if you do a, a map of uh, just even how the furniture was arranged, it was locational, it looks like a cross, right, when you connect the dots. But how about the tribes of Israel around the ark, I mean the, the whole sanctuary, Mishkan. It, someone has, has done and calculated each camp, and they have found that it, its complete formation looks like a cross. So overhead, when you're on top of the, of the mountain, Mount Sinai, you can look down and you can see a cross. It's beautiful, because Judah was longest, the tribe of Judah. So, so yeah, this was found in the cave. This, this was etched out, and it's actually in a museum. Uh, so based on uh, testimony here from Ron uh, and his, um, Wy- the Wyatt uh, it's a museum, they call it the, the Wyatt uh, uh, 
I'll have to find that later. I don't know right now. On January 6, 1982, Ron claims to have discovered the ark. Um, that the earthquake happened, and when it happened, um, when the soldier pierced the side, water and blood flowed out. And you know, John made such an uh, effort to put that in. Wow, I witnessed this incredible thing happen. And it poured down onto the, the mercy seat where type met antitype. This, this connects Daniel 9.24, when 70 weeks are determined, upon, uh, are determined upon thy people and upon thy holy city to finish the transgression and to make an end of sins and to make reconciliation for iniquity and to bring in everlasting righteousness and to seal up the vision to prophesy and to anoint the most holy. This was the most holy place furniture. So remind me to go back to this, Okay. If I don't, I'm, I'm trying to remember. I'll just try to keep my hand positioned like this because I would like to seal this sermon with this. So um, it's 20 feet down below, and he was able to, to see it. Um, he took a picture of it, but it was fuzzy, maybe for a reason. So um, there are people that were trying to get it out after Ron disclosed the information to them, but God wasn't willing for them to, to take it out. They tried to have the the... The, uh, <clears throat> the Aaronic uh, priest, the Levite priests, come in and, and officially take it out. But Ron had to help them remove the dead bodies in baskets from the cave because they could not approach it. They died of like an aneurysm, so their eyes were like crossed in, in their head. I don't know this, this theory, but it's quite interesting. Um, this, this is what he has. It's blurred, but um, it looks quite interesting. Um, so, some people have said, well, it's, there's so many uh, uh, parallels, even in, in the, the body. Our body is a temple, right? It's quite interesting because when you look at there's two cherubim wings uh, in, in, our, like, in our head. And uh, the mercy seat is the pituitary gland. I'm probably saying it wrong, the Holy of Holies. I, I could, I could kind of go in that a little bit more, but there's quite interesting different dimensions. I talked about the Illuminati and the symbol of the eye. Well, the eye represents Lucifer, too, who was the covering cherub who re- rebelled. Zechariah eleven seventeen says, Woe to that idle shepherd that leaveth the flock. The sword shall be upon his arm and upon his right eye. His arm shall be clean dried up and his right eye shall be utterly darkened. There is a confederation of evil that are taking, trying to attack the, the temple, I mean the, the sanctuary message, Jesus and his, and his people. But Revelation says that Jesus, the Lamb, will be victorious in the end. And there, that's quite interesting that it's formed as a triangle in the middle there, and the, the crown of thorns on Mary, which is in the place of Christ. I think not. Um, I, I, I just put that up there because I like to show that God's name, like the, the shin, the letter shin, see the W right there? For Yeshua. His name is salvation. That, that shin represents the, the cross, the, the rock of Horeb that was split. When Jesus was crucified among the two on, his, on left and right. Do you see the picture of the Ark of the Covenant on the cross? Two witnesses, the two thieves. One thief accepted him as Savior and Lord. One thief rejected him like a type of Lucifer. It's quite fascinating. And... Um, 
it's the the one his name I've I've talked about this before in one of my other sermons is that um, if you literally take a Hebrew letter and and make uh, substitute uh, the word that's associated with it it's quite fascinating to understand the salvation motif behind his name the hand for the yoke that destroys the the shin the establishment which is the vav which represents six the the man Man was made on the sixth day, so it's the sixth letter of the alphabet, of Hebrew alphabet. And the I is the ayin at the end. So together it means that the hand that destroys the establishment of the eye, the eye represents the covering chair of Lucifer. Uh, there's so much deep stuff in there, but I, I don't mean to do, go into there. The, the, the people have found that there's a Hebrew code in Isaiah 53, 8 through 11, uh, write that down. You could read that in your Bibles. It's talk about the suffering servant, the Messiah who would come. And starting from the Yod to the, the Arek, in the word Arek, which means he shall prolong, we have Yeshua Shemi at the 20 characters equidistance in reverse, which means Yeshua is my name from the, the bottom to the top. Uh, and then the, the word Meshiach, which represents uh, the Messiah, in reverse at 42 characters equidistance, the purple right there. I think it's quite interesting uh, to see that there's so many dimensions of, uh, to see God in this. We have the surface, which is the Bible. We could read it as it is. We have the geography, we have the archaeology. We have Hebrew. We have all this stuff. We have space, all the things, signs, the, the earthquakes that happened in the past, the, the testimonies. But most of all, we have Jesus. He is the one. He says, this, this is my name. It's me. I am your Messiah. You know that Isaiah 53 is known as the forbidden chapter, the forbidden book. To, they, they, they forbid it read in the synagogues. And there's video of, of a Christian, a Messianic believer, who's reading Isaiah 53 in Hebrew to those that haven't heard it before. And they're like, wow, I haven't heard this. And it completely is like reading the New Testament. And they, they see anew the light of the Messiah is Jesus. So uh, in closing, I just want to read the throne of grace, um, Hebrews 4, 14 through 16, and chapter 10, 19 through 23. To save time, I, I should have had it on the PowerPoint. So do, do you remember, so on the ark, I mean on the, um, on the cross, he is the just and the justifier of those that believe. He is just and merciful. 1 John 1, 9 says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to cleanse us from how much sin? All sin. I, that is incredible. He was consumed because he became our sin on the cross. He became that shin. Okay, I'm going to get to that. I'm going to seal it with this because I, I still remember. Uh, Hebrews chapter 4, 14 through 16. Seeing then that we have a, a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we were, yet without sin. So, let us therefore come boldly into the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy, 
Mer uh, the mercy seat, word association here, and find grace to help in time of need. Do you, are you in need of Jesus and his grace? I am I'm in standing in, in need of his saving ability. Wherefore, I'd like to even add a, add a text. Hebrews 7.25, Wherefore he is able also to save them to the uttermost that come unto God by him, seeing that he ever liveth to make intercession for us. You know, that, that's exactly what Jesus does. He saves the uttermost. Salvation is he completely obliterates sin, Satan, and selfishness on the cross. Um, and, and even Hebrews chapter 2, 14, I believe, says that he will destroy the, the one who has power over death, the devil. Uh, now, Hebrews 10, 19 through 23. Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way which he hath consecrated for us through the veil that is to say his flesh, and having an high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. And um, let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. This is amazing, this discovery. Uh, there is more to the story where Ron actually has a testimony where he says that he, in that chamber, in that holy of holies chamber, was confronted by, at first it was all, all messy in there, and when he discovered what it was, he, he says he, just, he couldn't ha handle it anymore. He just fainted. And he saw the, the dried substance, which was that blood. And he, and he had it tested, you know. That's why he found out the, what he claims uh, to be that certain chromosome count. But he says that God, uh, or he, he met four beings in that room. If you read uh, your Bibles very carefully, you'll find that there are four angels that closely follow the Ark of the Covenant to guard it, to protect it. And they say that um, the Ark of the Covenant, which the Jewish leaders are trying to uh, restore the, the temple, the third temple, right now, it's, it, all, all the furniture's made, all of it, except one, the Ark of the Covenant, which is the throne of God. They, they, but they said, we, we know where it is. We know it is. It's hidden in the cave. They know, they know it's there. And um, the angels told um, uh, Ron that God will reveal the, the Ten Commandments, the blood that's on the mercy seat. That is, the, the word type met antitype on the cross. In reality. Um, but he says after the Sunday law, or around that time. So that's quite interesting. Maybe God's last message of mercy and warning but um, I want to wrap this with with this it is the throne and um, when the, the high priest who was standing before Jesus at that time ripped his garments that was forbidden, that was taboo and once, once uh, the priest would do that, his office would be void Jesus took his right, not only was he sacrificed, but he was the, the high priest after the order of Melchizedek, Hebrews, the, the better one. 
You know, it's interesting because the tunic that he wore, which was so, it was pure. It, was, it had no seam. And that's why they, they wanted to cast lots for it. It's quite interesting because when they cast lots, is, is like the Day of Atonement where they cast lots for the, the, the Lord's goat or the Zazel, you know? Wow, there's so many parallels. But this last one I, I hold r- very interesting. Jesus is that Shekinah glory. He is the radiance of God's light. Do you receive him right now? When, when the, the priests would share their blessing, like that picture, I'll, I'll put it up there while I'm talking about it. Not this one, you know. Um, it's interesting because the two eyes would represent, you see the two cherubim, what is it, right uh, side and the left side? In the mercy seat, they say the, art, the altar of incense is the heart. So we are the temple of God, the, the real one where the Holy Spirit dwells. But let's go. I want to share this with you. So here, connecting the rock of Horeb that split the shin, Hebrew letter shin, and came out the, the, the rivers to, to give us drink. Jesus says, if anyone comes after me and, and drinks the, the, the water of life from me, will never die. This is the priestly blessing they would share. Do you see that it looks like the Ark of the Covenant based on Ron's testimony of what it looks like with the triangle in the middle? I'll go back to there, that one. Do you see it's something really fascinating because when, this is a quite amazing discovery. I was sharing this with my daughter, Gianna, okay? And they would hold up and they'd say, may the Lord bless you and keep you May the Lord shine his face upon you and give you shalom, give you peace. The mercy and the justice of God is seen here on Calvary, connecting us to the the Yom Kippur, the day of judgment. Because Jesus has died for us, we are set free to live without end. But the Ark of the Covenant, this is what my daughter Gianna said. When I do that, yes, you see the Ark of the Covenant, but do you see what these fingers are doing? Representing the two cherubim. The, the priests who did that, it's like they were there to see what the true Ark of the Covenant is. And what's interesting is that Hollywood has, okay, so you see the mercy seat where the two cherubim are on the sides? The Bible reads it as such that they are standing on the sides. They are not standing on the throne as Hollywood likes to make it out. Why would they be able to sit on the place of God? Lucifer would love that, to be able to stand or sit on the, on the seat, the throne of God. So that's, I think it's quite interesting. Could it be? Maybe. It doesn't have to be. But what an amazing revelation. Father in heaven, right now, I talked about the altar, the altar of mercy. It's quite amazing to think that you sent your son to take our place so that we might take his place. You died in our place so that we might live in your place. This is the gospel. Lord, may we follow Jesus all the way to the courtyard to see that you, you died for us in the holy place in heaven. And the veil is torn, so it's all one in heaven, the holy place and the most holy place. Father, I, I, I pray that you'd give us victory unto victory because of the blood 
and the water that flowed from your side to give us justification and sanctification. Father, I, I pray that you would seal us by your grace. Thank you for your mercy that is everlasting. And your mercies are new every day. Father, I pray you give us victory that you would have any darkness in our lives, that you would let your, your light, your Shekinah glory, expel the darkness. And Lord, how can I not talk about the altar of mercy without making an appeal to those that are listening to my voice? I pray we'd listen to your voice and accept your offer of salvation that we may get into the ark. In Jesus' name, amen.